Hey guys, welcome back to Micah Jiggers. I'm Emily, and with me is my co-host, Dan. Hey guys, what's up? Well, today we're going to share some what-the-fuck news, talk about some movie villains, Dan guesses bands, and throw in some pet Halloween costumes because it's spooky season. Yeah, I look forward to the pet Halloween costumes. Me too. I was trying to imagine what some of them were going to look like on your pets. <laughs> There's one I would love to see Bronx in, but we'll get to that later. All right. Uh, you got any exciting news for the week? So I don't know how many people out there are makeup fans, but I am through the fucking roof to, if anybody has been watching the Jeffree Star Shane Dawson collaboration on YouTube and Dan's looking at me because he has no fucking clue. I've seen clips from this pop up on Facebook. I know who Shane Dawson is. What was the other one? Jeffree Star. Jeffree Star. Yeah. That one just threw me for a loop. <laughs> So Jeffree Star is a huge makeup mogul and he has he has a makeup empire and I mean he does all other business too but he's a self-made billionaire and he has a collaboration with Shane Dawson which they have done in the past and Shane Dawson is putting out a makeup palette through Jeffree Star and it releases November 1st and I am so excited and I am buying it as soon as I can. Okay. I I love Jeffree Star's makeup. It is such nice quality and it's not it's not cheap, but it's not ridiculously expensive. And that's what I love about it and it's just such high quality. Okay. Yeah, I had seen these clips popping up. I guess they were advertisements on Facebook and I had to google who Jeffree Star was. I'm like, I have <laughs> never heard of this person, but the way these clips are portraying it is as if it's a big deal. Yeah, it's huge. It's probably going to be one of the biggest launches this holiday. Okay. You got anything else? No, that's probably my most exciting news. My exciting news, more Disney Plus talk for the podcast. Oh, I did see something about this. Well, for starters, they released a, I want to say it was a three hour long trailer featuring everything that was going to be on Disney+. Plus. I knew that they released an entire list of everything, and then more was going to be added later. Yes, and thank God there are websites out there where they pay interns to watch these three-hour-long trailers so no one else has to. I mean, I love movie trailers. I can't watch three hours of clips. Yeah. What I'm most excited about, some of the stuff that they have listed it just takes me straight back to my childhood. Gargoyles. We had speculated where they're going to have gargoyles. It's going to be there. Darkwing Duck. One of my favorite cartoons as a kid. I just love Darkwing Duck. There's a lot of really good titles on there. Yeah. Boy Meets World. I could watch Boy Meets World all day long. There was a few that I was absolutely surprised about. And I can't think of them off the top of the head. But like I went through a good chunk of the list. And there were some titles that I was surprised. Because I mean, I didn't realize Disney was behind the creation of it. Wasn't it like Howard the Duck on there or something? Maybe. No, maybe. It or makes maybe. sense because Howard the Duck is a Marvel property. Yeah. So I could see that. Plus, it was. I want to say George Lucas was involved with. Yeah, it's a George Lucas movie. So, yeah, so it was a Lucasfilm project. 
And I know of course, where I got Disney to. got Lucasfilm. So yeah, I know where that came from because I was reading an article the other day of the best worst movies, and that was on there. I love that movie as a kid. It's kind of messed up. Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't watch it until I was an adult. And Mikey really likes that movie, and he's like, "Hey, you have to watch this movie." And I sat there, I'm like, "What the hell am I watching?" It's kind of scary at the end too. Yes, the bad guy in that movie. I completely forgot about that movie. I kind of wish I'd put him on my villains list. <laughs> also, just Goof Troop, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, even Disney original movies. Halloween Town. I saw that. Johnny Tsunami. Oh my God. I forgot I about that movie. I haven't seen that movie in probably 20 years. I'm very much looking forward to it. Related to this Disney Plus news, let me just say I've already in the last couple of days canceled my Hulu to switch to Disney Plus. When does it come out? Uh, November 12th. And how much? I, I don't know. I haven't signed up for the Disney Plus yet. You don't yet. care? No. I want to say it's around $7. I know it was going to be cheaper than the Hulu. But one of the other things that they announced for it is a National Geographic travel show with Gordon Ramsay. I think I've seen something it's, about this. It's kind of travel show... Food exploration show, you know, which makes sense with Gordon Ramsay, but it's Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Which has led to these memes of people mashing up Gordon Ramsay with the video game Uncharted. <laughs> it is the dumbest thing, but I love it because it's just clips of the video game with Gordon Ramsay cursing dialogue just laid over the video. Getting people to call themselves idiot sandwiches and stuff. Just, <laughs> I, I just love Gordon Ramsay and mashing it up with one of my favorite video games. It's just so stupid. I have to love it. I actually haven't seen any of those. I just stumbled upon it this morning on Facebook and I just had to scribble it into my notes to be like, oh yeah, I have to. <laughs> I have to bring this up because it's just so stupid. You can't not laugh at it. Uh, you already going to what the fuck news? Yeah, sure am. My first one is about a young woman who died as a result of getting a botched butt job. Uh, okay. <laughs> she was 34 years old. Her and her mom paid $1,600, traveled to New York to this lady's house who is an unregistered nurse or practitioner for butt injections. Okay. Yeah. And they did it in this lady's basement on a massage table, and she bought the injections on eBay. She bought silicone injections off of eBay and was injecting this into this chick's butt. And going through like the second round of injections, the mom noticed that her daughter was like kind of in distress, and that lady just kept pumping it in, and charges were filed, and the lady pled guilty and is being sentenced. Did you say the patient? Well, I guess we'll call her patient. Patient. Died or almost? The patient has died. Man. She went into cardiac arrest from the silicone. A silicone uh, caused an embolism. See, and I wouldn't have even imagined that was something that could happen just from- mm -hmm. hmm. You can die from getting your boobs done because the toxins can leak. And if they're not done properly, that can get into your bloodstream. It's good to know. Mm -hmm. I will and cancel that appointment. <laughs> okay. Um, things we don't know about that. <laughs> But I guess the lady, after um, the mom called for emergency services, the lady fled to London and tried to fight extradition and lost. The article says something about like her sentencing was like coming up within the next month or something. And this happened a couple years ago. 
Wow, that's, that's fucked just crazy. up. Yeah. I guess when they got there, it was already too late. Or, I mean, she was pronounced dead at the hospital, but like when emergency services got there, she was laying there at just unresponsive at the foot of the stairs. That's stupid. One, why would you not go through a real doctor? I know that it's expensive, but it's expensive for a reason. Yeah. One, you shouldn't do it. Two, it's done by professionals, people. And it's more expensive in part because they have malpractice insurance. And they're probably using proper materials. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say probably. They're using proper materials. Most likely not doing it in a basement either. And they didn't buy their silicone off of eBay. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Except for Dr. eBay, but that that needs to be a series. Just Dr. eBay, some a, a real doctor who performs treatments using only supplies bought off eBay. I want that reality show. Make it happen, Discovery Channel or TLC. That might be a TLC thing. I put it on TLC. But on that note, Dan, what is yours? Keeping with October and spooky season, this one is world's largest Ouija board unveiled in Salem, Massachusetts. Fuck no. Did you see this? No, but no, I will not fuck with a Ouija board. Like, I never have had a spiritual encounter before, but I know people who have, and that is one thing that I will not fuck with is a Ouija board. See, I was going to ask you that question, because that's something I have considered over the years. Uh-uh. I came really close with an ex-co-worker, but uh-uh. it never materialized, because she was convinced that her apartment was haunted. No, if you do not sign in and sign off of that properly, you could be fucked for the rest mm. of your life. Have you ever heard the Zozo legends? Yes. Okay. We might have to come back to that at a later episode. Mm-hmm. I almost did that for last week, Ooh. the spooky things. But go on. But yeah, apparently this thing is so big you can park four 18-wheelers on it. So is it flat or is it yeah. like- Okay, so it's flat. It's flat. It weighs about 9,000 pounds. The planchette- is 400 pounds, but somehow it's designed with casters or whatever that it's easily moved by one person. It's so big, the picture shows four or five people just standing in that center ring of it. I have to look it up. Holy crap. You're looking at it right now? Yeah. It's huge, I'm looking at the aerial version of it. Somebody's going to summon some goddamn demons to Salem by accident. You know, if Ouija boards really work... Salem, Massachusetts, and that bad mojo, they might not be a great match for each other. There might be a few uh, angry spirits lingering around. Yeah, I I would go see it. Like, mm-hmm. Salem is kind of like a bucket list thing, but I would stay a good distance away from that. I, I would be afraid that it would summon the Sanderson sisters. Do it. Only if we get a Bette Midler musical performance. Oh, God. I love Bette Midler. As long as she'll sing, I put a spell on you. Yes. Then it'll just be fine. I'm looking at the picture here where it's people like in their hard hats and dressed in like their safety orange standing at the, how do you say it? Planchette. Yeah, the planchette. And they're all like, you know, touching it with mm-hmm. their fingertips. And I'm like, you don't know what you're doing, people. See, what they don't tell you in the caption of that photo is one of those people is a ghost. He wasn't there <laughs> when they took the photo. <laughs> He's just a hardworking ghost in a hard hat. Oh, God. No. Just no. I, done. Okay. What's your next one? It's about an 11-year-old boy in Tennessee was caught on nanny cam with his nanny beating him, basically. This 11-year-old boy is developmentally disabled, blind, has brain damage, nonverbal, has a feeding tube, and no control of his body. 
and that's not from the nurse. Yeah. But like he is a boy with disabilities and this nanny who has been with the family almost 10 years uh, was caught hitting the boy and but like the parents they didn't notice anything for like this 10 years but then like the boys moods and behavior started to change a little bit and they're right. like what what's going on he's never acted like this before and so they're like okay we'll set up some cameras around the house and caught the nurse smacking him in the mouth because he started hollering because he was like he has the stander and they're like you can only be in this for so long and he was like in there twice amount of the time being left alone in a room and being like handled a lot rougher like I can understand if you're trying to get them up and stuff, but like if you're kind of like throwing them around, that's no. And so they're like, you can't do this. Right. Like why now after so long being with our family and like this boy has to have 24 hour care. Like why now all of a sudden would you, would this start showing up and they don't think it's just a recent thing either. It's probably one of those things that's just grown and just frustration builds up over time. Yeah, I think anybody who's a caregiver for the disabled, especially disabled to that degree. And children, too. You, you have to be just a saint because mm-hmm. I know I don't have that kind of patience. No, but they just thought it was so crazy because like, she was such a good nurse and they loved her and she had stuck around so long. Okay, philosophical aside, you know, you described this child has many disabilities. Mm-hmm. Something that frustrates me sometimes is you hear parents who have severely disabled children and they'll say, I wouldn't change a thing about my child. That always blows my mind. I get loving your child and not being angry or disappointed in them being disabled. But to say that if you could go back in time and wave a magic wand in utero and guarantee your child wouldn't ever be disabled, to say that you wouldn't do that? I don't understand that. I would want my child to have the best possible life they could. I would want my child to be as intelligent, as physically able, as athletically gifted, as humanly possible. You don't love them less when they're not, but I want my child to have every possible advantage in the world. I think at some degree, the parents might. And you know, that's so hard to say, but maybe it's because they've learned to love differently and be more understanding and open. And I I do think that they do deep down think like, if if I could change this situation, I would, but this is still my child and I have to love them the way that they are. Yeah, I think sometimes that's what they say because that's how they cope with the pain of knowing their child is going to have a harder life. Yeah. That maybe just at some level, they convince themselves that they wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Try to think how to put this. Uh, it's kind of like if I was a parent and I had a child either come out as homosexual or transgender, whatever, I wouldn't love them any less. I would fully support them. But I would feel pain in my heart knowing they're going to have a harder life. It's it's not going to be as hard as it was in the past. But you know, there's there's going to be those people out there that are hateful and aren't going to treat them as well as they should. And it would pain me in that way. To know that. Yeah. And not that I'm saying that being homosexual or transgender is a disability. It's just- there are as, un- There's unaccepting people out yes, there. Knowing that- 
my child is going to experience pain that they don't need to experience. I guess that's how I feel about the disabilities too, is I just, I would want to spare my loved ones as much pain as possible if I could magically do it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was just a weird philosophical aside. I don't know if you had anything to contribute to that. Just No, I think you said it pretty well. Yeah. Okay. My next one, more spooky. Ooh. Blood fills Iowa family's basement. <laughs> it's like something out of a horror movie, ain't it? What? Yeah, it doesn't seem possible. It's one of those headlines you see and you just think, what? That's, how is that possible? And at first I thought it was like a metaphorical blood because you hear of rivers turning to blood and it turns out to be like a weird red algae. Or like an iron coming out. Yes. No, this is literal blood. What the fuck? They live next door to a meat locker. <laughs> and apparently they've lived next door to them for years and haven't had any problems. But for whatever reason, this meat locker had had a slaughter. They flushed material down the drain, as they always do. And I guess they share a drainage system. It backed up into the family's basement. And it's it was bits of blood, fat, and bones five inches deep. <laughs> the, the family is obviously <laughs> a little irritated. The meat locker isn't really cooperating with them and hasn't reached out, the family says, other than to say, well, it's not really our problem if you want to hire somebody to clean it up you can but we're not paying which i mean i kind of get because if those two buildings are sharing a drainage system that's probably a city issue and i would probably take it up with the city i don't see how it's the meat places so i from their point of view i get it it just really sucks for that family yeah it does because now they they have i mean if they went through the city like hey something needs to happen like what do we do yeah, and can you imagine going down to your basement? Maybe you don't even turn on the lights. You're just used to your steps and how your basement's set up, and then you step into liquid, and you're like, oh, man. My- Part, okay, so this is a little weird. What does blood feel like on your feet? Like, if your bare feet, is it- I would imagine- Blood's thicker than water, right? Yeah, and if it had been from a slaughter and gone down the drain, it was probably congealed a little- that and it's backing up with sewer water. Yeah. Hmm. It's a little weird that I kind of want to know what like straight blood feels like on your feet. No, nah, I don't think it's that weird. Just because like it's, like, it's it. like a sensory thing. Like yeah. I want to know, like, I mean, you, you bleed. But can you but, imagine that just mm. going down to your basement, you step in something like, what's that? And then you turn on the light and it's five inches of blood. I would probably vomit and pass out. Yeah, I saw that and it just struck me as a weird, unbelievable headline that was just perfect for this time of year. I have one more-ish. It's something I'm more kind of ranting on. Go for it. So I was scrolling through Facebook today and came across a headline that says, Police are urging women to practice safety tips while holiday shopping. This shit makes me unbelievably angry. Giving tips to women on how to be safer when they're shopping. And the pictures are women who are strapping their purses to their carts. One's got a carabiner clip. That stuff makes me so angry. Women shouldn't have to find ways to make themselves safer out in public. It makes me unbelievably angry that, especially in today's age, women have to make themselves safer. Women have to do this. Women have to do that when they're out in public. Sorry, it just makes me so just, it boils my blood. But like, 
why do we have to have tips to be safer? Why can't other people, you know, be sane for once? Yeah. But I mean, I never got into the article, but it was just a headline that caught my eye and just made me so mad. Like, I shouldn't have to be looking over my shoulder every moment that I am out with my purse attached to me. I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. And it's just, it just makes me really mad. I get it. I just, yeah, I don't have anything to say about that. I I didn't know if you had like a perspective from the other side or. No, it's one of those things that as a man, you don't think about too often unless you're in an environment where anybody's going to feel unsafe. Like sometimes you find yourself in deserted parking lots and there might be one other person that's walking a little too close to you or something. But just on a day-to-day basis, it's not something most men have to worry about to the degree that I understand women have to. And I hear women in my life talk about how this is just something they have to think about. And it just it's such a weird, different perspective from my experience as you know a white male. Like, have you... This happened in our own town. I don't know if you heard of this or not, but for a couple months, there were just some randos sitting in Walmart parking lot. And there... Because it was happened to a lady that I know. She was there in the evening because her daughters were... I think she was there while her daughters were at dance. And she got out of her car with her son, went into Walmart, did her shopping, came back out and it was dark. And she noticed the whole time somebody had came in, but she didn't think anything of it, but they followed her out. And then when she went and put her car up, cart up, they were watching her and they parked really close to her. And this happened to other people, mm-hmm. like never bought anything consistently would like go in and out and like what? And it wasn't like a Walmart, you know how Walmart has those person shoppers that are like, you know, security right. watching for shoplifters. Mm-hmm just random people and they would like somebody would be sitting in the car and they would get out follow people in and follow them out yeah that's weird and i guess the only other perspective i can give on it is as a male it's kind of difficult sometimes to know how you're supposed to feel about women because there are times when there's been different women in my life you know you with a work environment that you have that sometimes you might be vulnerable at a certain time of night mm-hmm. it causes me concern you know yeah you're one of my best friends you know i worry about your safety but at the same time we're in this world where women you're supposed to treat as equals and they are and you're not supposed to mansplain or mm-hmm. talk down to them treat them as if they need your protection but at the same time, like, you know, I worry about my friends. We had a coworker that went away to college and no offense to her, but she wasn't the most worldly. She was a little sheltered. I worried about her going to college and whether she would be safe at night on her campus. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know how to navigate that caring about people and wanting them to be safe, but at the same time, believing in them and their own inner strength and not 
feeling like they need your protection. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, but I know what you mean about like when I'm working at night and sitting there thinking like, I hope nobody's sitting outside. Cause I mean, that does kind of freak me out a little bit. And I hate not feeling safe. I mean, I'm walking 10 feet to my car, but like, I hate that I get that feeling too of like, am I going to be safe going to my car with my purse of money? Mm hmm. And I keep my stuff close to me. And I mean, I've got a bag of trash I can throw at them with broken <laughs> bottles. But like, I hate that I can't feel safe going to my car at night. Yeah, I get that. And it's fucked up that you have to take steps to protect yourself rather than people just being respectful and not hurting you. Yeah. And I know like we started off with like the shopping thing, but like I understand this. It's a police department that posted it. Like I understand them trying to watch out, but like it's also fucked up that you have to say that kind of stuff. Like I said, it's a weird world we have to navigate of you have to say this stuff, but it'd be nice if you didn't. Yeah, it would be. Okay, here's one more bit of news. It's not a what the fuck. It's actually pretty cool news. We had the first all-female spacewalk this week. That's absolutely incredible. It is. At the same time, I feel like it didn't get nearly enough press for something that should be historic. At the same time, space exploration and NASA missions have kind of become ho-hum they don't get that much news, even though this is a historic moment. I couldn't tell you their names. People probably won't memorize them in the future. Like you have Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong. They are equally pioneers, but it's a much larger club now than it used to be. So, But the fact that it took how many years yeah. and how many trips to space that just now in 2019, an all-female exploration it's sad to say like how historic that is and I'm not bashing at all but because I am a woman and that is so incredible to the female population and so incredible especially to push for like girls in STEM and all of that. Yeah. But how ridiculous it is that it took this long for it to happen. See, I would have assumed it had already happened at the same time. I'm not sure at least in recent decades it has been a planned thing of oh no we can't have two women outside the space shuttle at the same time or the space station i think it just it shook out that way and i know nasa missions they're planned so far in advance i think it it just took that long for the crews to line up and it's disappointing it hadn't happened so far but i don't think it was necessarily again in recent decades anyway anybody holding them back and saying no women aren't capable but yeah, I was wanting your perspective on that of if you were a little girl, would this be a big deal to you? I think so. And even as an adult, this is a big thing to me because it's still a quote unquote man's world, especially in these kinds of fields and trying to encourage young girls to achieve greatness like this. And like I said, like trying to get more girls through the STEM program and numbers in the recent years have skyrocketed. This would be huge to show like I can do anything. So I think it is, I think it would be great. And I would, and if I had a daughter right now, I would definitely encourage like, look at what these women did. And you can do that too. Yeah, that is a different perspective from, say, how I grew up is you hear these stories of women who see these 
icons doing great things and think, oh, yeah, I can do these amazing things too. Or minorities seeing themselves represented and thinking, oh, yeah, I can do these things too. Me, I just, growing up, I never thought not only for myself, but even for minorities or girls. I never really thought, hey, they can't do this. Like It just wasn't something that ever crossed through my mind to even consider do people need these role models that fit the same demographic as them. It just never crossed my mind. It just wasn't part of my upbringing to think Mm -hmm. these people are somehow lesser. Yeah. So for those who need to know and should know and will have to remember because women are number one. Sorry. Coming from a woman herself. Their names are Jessica Mare and Christina Koch. This will make you shake your head. Did you see the related Trump story? Which story? He congratulated them for being the first women outside of the space station. That's in here. And they were just like, well, um, actually, we're not. Just the first time that all of them have been female outside of the space station. Yes. Uh, Right here. So from New York Times, it says, he called the moment the first time for women outside the space station, an inaccuracy that Dr. Mayer gently corrected. She is the 15th woman to do a spacewalk. Uh, Yeah, that one just had me shaking my head. I feel like it shows that he just didn't care at all. Otherwise, he would have known why it was historic. But I mean, we all know his perspective on women anyways, but that's another time. (laughs) So who's ready to talk about some villains? I am. Me too. So my inspiration for this kind of follow this thought pattern. I was excited because we got Jack Ryan coming up. I thought, you know what? Spy movies, the James Bond movies especially, have great villains. That's one of the defining characteristics of them. Mm -hmm. So I got thinking, you know, maybe we could just do a whole segment on villains. I mean, I understand you're probably not going to know a lot of Bond villains. So let's just open it up to all movie villains except for Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight. That seemed like something it would have been so easy for both of us to just go on about because it's such an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. We just agreed that's off limits. That's just above all the rest. So I have one that I just actually now thought of because we were talking about movie villains and you're talking about James Bond and my brain went to Austin Powers <laughs> because Dr. Evil, greatest villain of all time. See, I was going to go gold member. Gold member is pretty good too, but those are definitely not on our lists. So, Dan, what's your first one? Okay. You're not going to know who this person is. Okay. But I have to explain them to you. His name is Benedict, and he's from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Last Action Hero. Okay. He was played by Charles Dance, who played Tywin Lannister, the father in Game of Thrones. Yes. Early 90s, so significantly younger. And he's an assassin. Ooh. But he's got that British sensibility. He's kind of classy. I feel like he has experience, like he makes a good villain. Yes. But what makes this movie amazing is the plot of it. It's at the time when Arnold Schwarzenegger was just an icon. He made all of his early action movies. Terminator 2 had recently come out and just really blown up. So they made an entire movie around the idea of Arnold Schwarzenegger as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. So there's this kid in the movie. He comes from a not-so-great home. He just finds escape by watching this series of movies called Jack Slater, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as a sort of diehard, action-y cop. And he finds a magic movie ticket that transports him into the world of this movie. 
So he befriends the character Jack Slater, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and has to convince them that he's in a movie. <laughs> Even though everything is so ridiculous to this character, it's, well, that's normal life. That's just how things go. And so this villain is the villain of the fourth movie in that franchise. At some point, he overhears this kid telling Jack Slater about this magic ticket that will take him back to the real world. The villain escapes into our world, and it is like a playground for him. That's awesome. Because he's used to living in a world where pretty much anything you do, eventually the cops are there and they solve the case and often very quickly because the good guys always win. Yeah. But now he's in the real world where the good guys don't always win. Mm. And sometimes the bad guys win. And the most amazing scene is when he's testing his theory that the bad guys can win in this world. It's in New York City. He walks up to a guy just on the street in the middle of the night, open street, and the guy's like, can I help you with anything? And he tells the guy, sure, I want to test a theory. He pulls out his gun and just shoots the guy dead right in the middle of the street. Holy shit. Stands there for a second. Nobody does anything. So then he fires off a couple more shots. Still nobody comes. No cops are coming. There's no sirens. So then he's like timing it on his watch. And then finally he yells out, hello, I just shot somebody. I did it on purpose. And nobody answers. And then he says, I said, I have murdered somebody. And then you hear somebody yell from off screen, hey, shut up down there. Nobody cares. And then there's like another guy walking through the background that's like stolen shoes from somebody. It's just a ridiculous villain. And just, it's a really cool movie, but it's just funny the way he plays it of just, he is perplexed by the the idea that there is a world where nobody cares that he just shot somebody. There's not much else to say about that. It's just, I love that character because he's so, it's the whole movie is so ridiculous in his reaction to figuring out there's a world where he can actually get away with things is just hilarious. I highly recommend that movie. What was it called again? Last Action Hero. Okay. It's very funny. All right. What's your first one? My all-time favorite movie is Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter. I did not know that was your all-time favorite. It's one of them. I would have guessed Nightmare Before Christmas. Sweeney Todd is actually my absolute favorite movie, and Silence of the Lambs is right there next to it. But I I think it comes more from a psychological perspective, because I like that kind of stuff, and I think psychology is just so cool. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal Lecter is a fucking genius. <laughs> Have you seen Red Dragon? I actually haven't. So that's the one I haven't seen, but I've seen all the other two. I like that one. Have you seen, I'm guessing you haven't seen the original version of Red Dragon called Manhunter? No. They made a Hannibal Lecter movie before Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Did not have Anthony Hopkins. Would you call it Manhunter? Yeah. They remade it as Red Dragon. It's the same story. But it also had William Peterson, the main guy from CSI for years. Uh Uh-huh. It's a really good movie. Red Dragon is too. It's just, it's interesting to see Hannibal Lecter before Anthony Hopkins put his spin on it. I just love Anthony Hopkins, but I think Hannibal Lecter, because he's not, uh, I mean, he's a villain, obviously, but he's not like, you know, the stereotypical villain and the way he just goes about things is just, he's very slow and intricate in everything that he does. And manipulative. Oh, I love it. Going back to my guy, at one point, once he escapes into our world, he's researching other movie villains to see who he can bring into our world to team up with. Mm -hmm. And Hannibal Lecter is one of them. (laughs) I'm telling you, you need to see this movie because it's so ridiculous. He's planning a villain team up in the real world. It's great. He's just going to pluck them all from movies and be like, hey, come with me. He's like a uh, evil Willy Wonka. Come with me. 
And we'll see a if world we can of murder. Pure imagination. I really need you to come so, up with some <laughs> random songs for our audience. A world of evil machinations. <laughs> All right. What's your next one? My next one is from The Dark Knight, but it's Two Face, which. <laughs> Huh? Sorry, I'm sure you saw that aggressive eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not trying to hate on you, but I'm not shocked that you picked a Batman. Yeah, I see, I went out of my way to choose the last one because I didn't want them all to be comic book villains. Yeah. Two-Face, just the character in general, I've loved since I was a kid. Just the whole good versus evil aspect of it. Uh-huh. It's very blunt and on the nose, but you can relate to it. Mm-hmm. As he's portrayed in The Dark Knight, you really feel for that character, and he's so tragic, and he comes across as just such a good man at the beginning of the movie, and then everything he's believed in seems to come crashing down around him, and you really feel like- The way he is is because of his- It's almost like a butterfly effect. And just, you get the sense that he just feels betrayed by fate, like especially at the end, the line of his that just resonates with me so much and I really, uh, I feel for him so much. Are you the one that has a two-faced coin? Yes. It's a 1922 Liberty dollar. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, the line of his that just, I always feel for him so much is he says, we thought we could be decent men in an indecent time. Damn. And he's just, you get the idea that he's just given up on the, on the idea that he can be good, that it matters to be good. Like, it's all random, and he's willing to randomly kill Commissioner Gordon's son just because that's what a coin tells him, and he doesn't think there's any right or wrong. It's just all luck and fate because life just screwed him over, and everything he tried to do, everything good, it didn't seem to matter. It didn't protect him. It didn't reward him. It just, all he got was pain from it. Ew. Yeah, I just, that, the way that character's he, He's a tragic villain. Yes, I think he always has, but just, he's so well played, and it's overshadowed so much by the Joker The, the guy that, movie. that played him was really good. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that other than I feel for that character so much. Mm-hmm. My next one is Agent Smith. Okay, I almost did him. I love the Matrix movies anyways, and he was only in the first one, right? Uh, he was in all of yeah, them. Yeah, he was in all of them. He is, I mean, he's machine, mm-hmm. but their fight scenes are so awesome, and his domineering perspective, yeah. I guess you could say, he's unstoppable, really. And well, Go on. No, you go ahead. Okay. What I was going to say, what I love about him is all the agents are so cool and collected because there's nothing that can stop them. And you see towards the end of that first one, and then later on in the sequels, it gets more out of hand, but we'll stay to the first one. When things stop going the way he's used to, he's so accustomed to nobody ever being much of a challenge for him. You start to see him lose his cool and hair comes out of place, his glasses break, and he's just you see him slowly unraveling and starting to get just pissed off coming out of the um character that he's supposed to be and programmed to be and almost humanizing a little bit yeah i i think he's pretty i mean i don't think he's awesome but like i think he's a great villain yeah i would agree with that what's your next one okay my next one thanos i did not really care for him in avengers endgame i felt like the younger version of him didn't have as much depth. The Thanos in Infinity War, you kind of can see where he's coming from. He's insane, 
but you definitely believe that he sees himself as the hero of the story. He doesn't strike you as somebody who's just deliberately an evil person. He has a plan. He has a rationale for why he needs to do it. It's just insane. To me, the best villains, if they're not tragic like Two-Face, they're the ones that think they're the hero of their own story. They believe in what they're doing. They're committed to it. And I think that makes them all the more dangerous because they're going to sacrifice just as much as the heroes are to accomplish their goal. Yeah. They're not just going to run away to get out of trouble. So what's your last one? My last one is Scar from The Lion King. He is so power hungry and scorned from the fact that his brother has reached an achievement of kinghood over the pride and the amount of effort or lack of effort he did to achieve after killing off Mufasa. Mm -hmm. I mean, he killed him and didn't. He indirectly killed him as well because, I mean, he started the herd of animals. Right. If Mufasa were just to have fallen off of the cliff and hit the ground, I don't think he would have died. But with that trampling of the animals, I mean, that was his ultimate demise. But the things that he does to take his next steps to get rid of Simba after Mufasa's death is just wow and to put that in a kid's movie yeah it's been a long time since I've seen it but yeah he's a powerful villain it's another one of those I think actors make the villain oh yeah I mean a lot of it comes down to writing but if you don't have the right actor to give the right voice to that character Mm -hmm. it's not gonna work Jeremy Irons was just perfect for that role i haven't seen the new one so i can't comment on that but is that who plays him jeremy irons yeah who's scar's voice james mm. earl jones is that no, mufasa's mufasa's james earl jones okay yeah. i don't know why i thought that was scar for a second <laughs> you have anything else to say about scar no but okay. i know that our next one is a combo <laughs> effort we both love this villain magneto See, that's also another character like you can't see anybody else besides Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen. Thank you. Uh, we'll see. My favorite version is Michael Fassbender. But I think together they- Oh. Yeah, they both- Both of role. them have just made that character who it is. And they have put their own, I mean, between the two, you know, time stints. Yeah, and Sir Patrick Stewart and- James McAvoy? Yeah, very similarly. Both of those castings, they nailed it both times. Oh, yeah. It worked. Yeah, why don't you say your piece on Magneto first? I just like Magneto because he he starts as a villain. Well, in the first X-Men movies that come out, he is portrayed as the villain. But when it goes back in time, he's kind of a part of the hero team and become you watch him regress to villain and watching the transformation from trying to help to just trying to destroy the X-Men. And I, like you said, uh, Michael Fassbender's portrayal of Magneto in The Younger is he's did it very well. Mm -hmm. The thing I love about that character is he's very understandable. You know exactly where he's coming from, and he has a very clear reason for believing what he believes. He has seen what humanity will do to people who are different. And so... Being a Holocaust survivor, he's not so inclined to give people a chance and think, yeah, they, they'll do better this time. I definitely love that character. And for me, my favorite moment of any of the Magneto moments, I love any of the interplay between him and Xavier. 
their friendship. Oh, it's just, it's so great. Mm-hmm. And especially knowing the friendship between Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen, mm-hmm. like, that adds to it. But my favorite moment is in X-Men First Class when this whole movie has been Magneto, he's survived the Holocaust, he's been hunting down former Nazis and this scientist that experimented on him and his friends trying to help him find the good inside of him. And then the humans that they're trying to protect open fire on them with all these missiles that are going to rain down on the beach and Magneto uses his power and stops this insane amount of missiles coming from ships in the air. Yeah. And he stops and thinks, you know what? I need to take this moment and make a statement for mutants. And he turns the missiles around and he's going to fire them at the ships because they deserve to be punished for firing on them. And I just love when Xavier tries to reason with him and says, they're just following orders. And it's just the worst possible thing to say to somebody who came out of a concentration camp. Mm. And his response, it's so cold and sends a chill up my spine but you get exactly what he's saying he says i've been at the mercy of men following orders never again and he lets those missiles go it's just he's another one of those like tragic villains and he became who he was because of the events in his life and seeing him want to get revenge but also you know he did take a step back for a second to assess like what do i do what have i done but then other events happen Mm -hmm. he's like fuck this and you get it i mean it's hard to argue with him and especially over the course of those movies you see humanity prove him right time and time again and it's this are they are the humans reacting to what he's doing or is he right in what he's doing and these the humans would have treated mutants badly anyway it's yeah it's just a, such a complex character that could have been just especially at the time when that first one was made could have been such a one note comic book villain and they've done a great job of fleshing him out from the start. I wish I owned all of the movies because I want to watch them in the order that the chronological order that they're mm-hmm. supposed to be in. And I just love X-Men's probably my favorite out of all comic books anyways. Yeah. X-Men's great. Just what it was for its time in the 60s. It's yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else to say, you. I don't. Let's look at some pet costumes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys aren't looking at them, <laughs> but we are. But guess what? We're going to put a couple on Facebook. And we'll put the rest in the show notes. Let's do this. How about you guys, we'll put one of each of our costumes up and you guys tell us which one you like best. I like that idea. You ready? Yeah. People, you gotta participate. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some likes and comment which one you like. And how many do you have, Dan? I have three. All right. I have four, but one was an honorable mention. Okay. Why don't you go first and we'll just even it out that way. So, all of mine came from Chewy.com. Okay. Non-spawn, but I mean, I've gotten stuff from my dog there before any of all of this. So, there is a raptor costume. Okay. And it's just really funny because it's got the little arms and like the head that goes on top of the dog's head. Mm. It's really cute, honestly. And it's gray and I think it'd be perfect for Scotty. <laughs> I was trying to picture what Scotty would look good in. Get <laughs> <laughs> my first one is a cat sheriff's costume. I would, lo- I would love to see Bronx in it because I think he'd be making the same face as the cat in this photo because this cat is definitely not into being in this costume. 
but the cat's face works with the lawman aspect of the costume because it just makes him look like he has more swagger as he's like got a gun on his hip. See, I have asked Mikey before, like, can we get a costume for Bronx? And he's like, well, you can be the one that puts it on him and suffer the consequences. Yeah, Bronx ain't taking no shit. No, he's not. So my next one, you're like, you're just gonna love this one. Okay. It's called the Imperial Walker. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so- I can, I can picture it right now. It's yeah. so cool. And like the way it's set up is like it's got the ship on the back and I think the legs all have like little bands and you just put it around their wrists and when they walk, it's the Imperial Walker. Yeah. For those who need a better idea of what an Imperial Walker is, think Empire Strikes Back, the giant Empire machines that are walking through the snow and then the good guys come and tangle up their legs and they crash because it's really poor design. <laughs> What's your next one? This one is a dog costume modeled off of Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad. I think it's probably better on smaller dogs, maybe a poodle, something with some sass. I just think it's a little weird to put a Harley Quinn costume on a dog. Not as weird as the accompanying Joker costume. Oh. Yeah, this is a weird costume because it has the pigtails, it has the jacket, it even has her bat. It's it's a weird, overly elaborate <laughs> costume for a dog. It's multiple mm. layers. I just, because I, I saw the image of it and it's, it was weird. And it's like the, it's not just any Harley Quinn, it's the Suicide Squad Harley Quinn outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is already like weird. At one point, we had talked about doing a segment on just weird, sexy Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. I considered trying to find sexy pet costumes, but I thought it'd be on some kind of FBI watch list. Yeah, that's like crossing bestiality shit there. I feel like this would fall in that category, though. Yes, it's, that's why I was saying it was a little weird to have that kind of- Dress a dog as a character that wears booty shorts. Ugh, weird. Just weird. I don't know. I think Scotty would look good. My dog does have a donk. She's very pear-shaped, and so, like, she's got a big ass, and she likes to swing it around. Can you just imagine her sad puppy dog face with those Harley Quinn pigtails? (laughs) It'd be the most pitiful (laughs) thing. It really would be. Okay, what's your next one? Porg. Oh, the Star Wars? Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, the picture was on a little white dog, and (laughs) it just, it fit the costume really well, and for a second, I thought it was a hamster costume. (laughs) Because that's what it looked like for a second. I know what the Porgs are. I haven't seen that particular Star Wars movie. I haven't seen any Star Wars movies. And you guys can boo at me all you want, but (laughs) fuck with me. (laughs) And I have my complimentary one is one that I have really just greatly considered is Cat Dog. Oh, (laughs) that wouldn't work with your animals because Scotty's so much bigger than No, no, no. It's one costume for one animal. Oh. You put it like you strap it down the middle and it's got both ends. I don't know. I kind of want to see the Scotty (laughs) dragging Bronx around. (laughs) His front end just dangling. (laughs) Tell me that wouldn't be amazing. I could see it going horribly, horribly wrong. He'd be so pissed. Oh. Okay, my last one. I found this while I was looking for something else. Okay. This one I found on Etsy. I was looking for somebody who made costumes for pet turtles, specifically scale Squirtle Squad costumes for turtles, but I couldn't find one. What I did find was a 3D printed Cubone skull that you can put on your dog. Yes. I think Scotty would look great, that Cubone skull. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> Just shut up and take my money. Yeah. So, Dan, do you want to play a game with me? Yes. 
Dan Guess's band. Oh, I hope I do as well as I did last time. I did surprisingly well. I hope it wasn't just luck. I think it was because I've got some pretty weird ones in here. Oh, no. I'm pretty trendy. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, these aren't trendy bands. <laughs> these are my emo bands. Okay. Emo life forever. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah, we'll see. You're not going to- We'll see how many of these are real bands. You're not going to saw your leg off, are you? <laughs> no. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Go. Aiden. Real. It is real. Against me. Real. It is real. Dan is two for two, y'all. Petty education. I'm going to say fake, although that would be a great Tom Petty cover band. Oh, I never thought about that. But you are right. Monsoon. Fake. Fake. Hell yeah. Real? Real. Wow, I'm really impressed with you, Dan. Some heard trouble. I'm going to say real because I want that to be real. Fake. Oh, it's real now. I'm starting a band. <laughs> Chunk, no Captain Chunk. It's so weird. It's got to be real. It is real. They're actually a French band. Uh, they sing in English. They're really good. And I've seen them live a couple times. Cobra Skulls. Real. Fake. Told you it was fake. <laughs> <laughs> See, the beauty is I could just say fake and real and then go back and edit all those in where they need to be. If I listen to this and you do that, <laughs> I'm firing you. Yeah, That's okay. You can edit your own podcast. Micah Jiggers with Emily and Noah. <laughs> Dude, oh man, I wish we had clips of you doing both voices. Aww. There was one day we were testing the um, audio on our mics and stuff, and he read both scripts. <laughs> and just hearing Dan say, uh, Micah Jiggers with Dan and Emily, I'm Dan and I'm Emily, was probably the weirdest thing I've experienced <laughs> And yeah. just the way he was saying it. Yeah, that was very great. You had a hard time stopping laughing. <laughs> yeah. You just kept laughing. Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Brimstone. Real. Fake. Immure. Real. It is real. Forever the Sickest Kids. Real. It is real. Have you heard of them before? Maybe. I don't know. Well, you said that with real confidence. It so. sounded really real. I don't know. There's just something about these. Some of them, they just sound so real. The Ghost Inside. Real. It is real. I'm pretty sure I have heard of that one. Equinox. I think that's real. It's fake. Less than Jake. Real. It is real. You said that with confidence. I've heard of that one. They're pretty good. They're really entertaining live. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Memphis Mayfire. Real. They are real. Genre fighter. Fake. They are fake. Goodbye celebration. Real. Fake. My American Heart. Real. It is real. Water Parks. Fake. Real. Veil of Maya. Fake. Real. Damn it. Hideout. Fake. Fake. Winds of Plague. I want that to be fake, but I'm going to say real. They are real. That, that's a terrible band name. You're a terrible band name. Your mom's a terrible band name. I'm telling <laughs> <laughs> you me at six. Real. They are real. I'm just still imagining you talking to your mom being like, so Dan said you're a fake band. <laughs> and I told him you were not. <laughs> You take that back. My mom is a real band. <laughs> Should we call the Cougars? Oh. <laughs> Love you, Mom. <laughs> scary kids scaring kids. Real. They are real, but I don't think they're a band anymore. Trolley Saver. Fake. They are fake. And last one is Parkway Drive. Real. They are real. And the final score. Your grand total is... 
19 out of 26. I got right? Yeah. Damn, I did better than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was missing a lot more than that. You missed seven, and if I know how to do math, that equals 19 plus seven is 26? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, maybe the school system didn't <laughs> fail me. All right. Okay. Look at you go, Dan. I'm really yeah. surprised. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm happening. How are you? I listen to rock and or roll. Okay. So, are we ready to wrap things up? Yeah, you got some Urban Dictionary? I do, and this one's really fucking weird. Okay. Don't stake me for saying this wrong, but it's anti-dephobia. Okay. And it's a phobia, but can you guess what kind of phobia? Ugh, I couldn't even begin to guess. This one's a little out here. Okay. The fear that somewhere, somehow, a duck is watching you. <laughs> it is so weird. <laughs> just in general, a duck is watching you. So, like you're just on the toilet taking a shit, and somehow, like a duck has the ability to watch you. Yes. Do you want the the sentence? Yes. It's hard for Andrew to take a shower because he has antidephobia. He thinks that there's a duck watching him through the shower head. Through the shower head? <laughs> it's a weird angle. Right? That was... Yeah. That's an unfortunate angle because it's just going to make things look smaller anyway. Uh... <laughs> and on that note, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a star rating if you can. And please share us with your friends and anybody that you think might enjoy our show and get a little laugh out of it. And for any of our other updates, follow us at Micah Jiggers Podcast on Facebook. And guys, don't forget to vote for your favorite pet Halloween costumes. We're going to post them soon and leave comments on what you guys want to hear or see from us and just let us know what you're thinking. We always love to hear from you. And that's going to be it. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Hey, I'm Dan. And I'm Emily. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to announce our new podcast. (laughs) Bye, Kajus with Dan and Emily. We're talking about that today. (laughs) Oh, God. This is not helping me sort out the uh, tracks. What are we talking about on the show, Emily? What don't we talk about? (laughs) Okay, Patricia. What?